0: DJ Envy, Angela Yee, and Charlemagne the God. Wake that ass, ass up. up. The Breakfast Club, the Breakfast Club is on. Right yeah. I love I'm talking to the Breakfast Club this
1: morning. Okay, okay, okay. I love coming here. I'm never not going to come here. You guys are good to me, and the time I'm always going to be good to you. A lot of people in the hip hop generation, the Breakfast Club is where people get their information on the topics, on the artists, and everything like that. In that aspect, radio is still important. The
0: Breakfast Club. When my name come up, respect it.
2: Oh man, try this again. Let's try this again. My bad. My bad. Started from the What's top. What's going on? The top. Good
3: morning, USA in Toronto. Yo 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 yo
4: yo 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 yo
2: yo 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 yo
3: yo 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 Good morning, DJ MV. Charlemagne the the
5: God. Peace to the planet, it's Monday! Y'all yes, still ain't it's got my Monday. six drop? Where six drop at, Drum? No six, 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 six. No. Still ain't put that in?
2: Right, no, to do it. Yet. No.
5: Maybe about Christmas. Yeah, maybe, maybe. Christmas. Thanksgiving, possibly.
2: Well, good morning, everybody. It's Monday, back to the work week.
5: Yes, I'm sick of it. I need to be back in the studio. I'm tired of being quarantined at home doing it, doing it from the Zoom. I want, I want to be back in the studio. I'm not gonna lie to you. Well,
3: like, well, today's phase one in New York City for mm-hmm. people what's, returning to businesses, uh, construction businesses. Uh, I think okay. you can do pickup at non-essential businesses. You can pick things up, but they said we probably won't move into phase two until next month.
2: Yeah, they're saying 400,000 employees returning to work today in uh, New York. So that's exciting. That's
5: beautiful. So that's good. So I wonder if that adds on to the two point five that they said uh, uh, went back to work. I guess sometime in May, I wonder yeah. if that adds on to it. Mm-hmm. That's good. I'm happy. Drop drop on the clues bombs for everybody going back to work. Glad you got a job. God is good. Yeah, they
2: allow with oh the graduations too. Alive. 150 people go. allowed in New York State, beginning on June 26th. So they moved it up a little bit. So only for outdoor graduations, 150 people allowed. So uh, the class of 2020 will get to uh, graduate hopefully sooner than later. So
5: shout out to the class of 2020. Me too. Uh, that re- that really hurt my really hurt my heart because uh, those kids, like you know, I didn't I didn't march because I graduated in night school, but I know those kids work hard, and that's something that they always going to remember, right? Mm-hmm. And by the way, a lot of them probably ain't going to never graduate from college. So that might be the only time they get to do that little, you know, dance to that pomp and circumstance. So I'm glad that they've uh, figured out a way to do socially distanced outdoor graduations. Yeah, Congrats like, to those
2: kids. I'm glad too, and, and not just college, you know, high school and, and, you know, kids graduating, kindergarten going to first grade. Like all those are big moments. You know what I mean? Parents are always taping. It, you, you have that for life. So. I'm glad that uh, students will start to be able to graduate because my daughter definitely didn't think she was going to be able to walk. But now it looks like she's going to. So that is that is and great. Them cap-
5: and them caps and gowns are not cheap, people. OK, and you buy those early in the year, don't you?
2: No, you actually uh, buy them. You uh, no, uh, uh-uh. uh. I, I had to purchase okay. them about uh, about two, about a month ago, two months ago. But I already had okay, a backup okay. plan. I went to my house and got my cap and gown for my mama. And I was just gonna, you know, alter it a little so my daughter can walk. oh you still her. have
3: yours? I don't yeah, know what my mother has
2: now? everything that I've ever did. Everything. you know what? when I graduated, trophy, everything.
3: When I graduated, it was pouring, raining, and so everybody had like nice outfits they had planned to wear. So instead, everybody just put on sneakers. It was like pouring that day. I remember that. I couldn't wait to get it over with. No, I was to the sit first, outside in the pouring rain.
2: I was the first person in my family to graduate and go to college, so it was it was big for for my family. So. My mom, I mean, she framed the diploma. I think she she might even frame the cap and gown and had to d- take it down and give it to me. Like, it, it that was really, really a big moment for my family. So, they were very excited. They, I don't care if it was raining, if it was snowing, they were going to keep that. So, anyway, let's get the show cracking. Front page news, what we talking about?
3: Well, let's talk about defunding the police. Protesters are calling for that to happen. In some situations, it looks like it will. What does that even mean?
2: All right, we'll get into that next. Keep it locked. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning.
3: Morning, everybody.
2: It's DJ NV, Angela Yee, Charlamagne the guy. We are the Breakfast Club. Let's get in some front page news. Where are we start?
3: NFL Commissioner Roger Goodell has now said the league was wrong for not listening to players who were fighting for racial equality and encouraged people to peacefully protest. Here is the video that was released.
6: We, the National Football League, condemn racism and the systematic oppression of Black people. We, the National Football League, admit we were wrong for not listening to NFL players earlier and encourage all to speak out and peacefully protest. We, the National Football League, believe Black Lives Matter. I personally protest with you and want to be part of the much-needed change in this country.
3: Mm, so it's okay to kneel? Now, Donald Trump responded on Twitter. Could it be even remotely possible that in Roger Goodell's rather interesting statement of peace and reconciliation, he was intimating that it would now be okay for the players to kneel or not to stand for the national anthem, thereby disrespecting our country and our flag? Here's more about Roger Goodell had to say.
6: Without black players, there would be no National Football League. And the protests around the country are emblematic of the centuries of silence, inequality, and oppression of black players, coaches, fans, and staff. We are listening. I am listening. And I will be reaching out to players who have raised their voices and others on how we can improve and go forward for a better and more united NFL family.
3: People were wondering if he was going to, in particular, mention Colin Kaepernick's name, which he did not. But they are saying the NFL will reportedly not run a workout like last year, but there are increased hopes around the league that he could get signed.
5: Well the first player he has to reach out to is Colin Kaepernick if he said he's reaching out to players. You know, if he doesn't do that, that's a half ass apology. You gotta personally apologize to Colin Kaepernick. You also have to admit that, you know, Cap was blackballed and if it wasn't a strategic, intentional blackball, when they noticed no owner was attempting to sign him. Nobody at the top intervened to say that's wrong to make sure he plays. But all these corporations are full of it. You know, don't don't scream Black Lives Matter if you don't have any black people on your board. You know what I mean? NFL mm-hmm. got three black coaches, zero black owners. All you corporations are full of it, releasing all these I love black people promos and I love black people tweets and memes, but that isn't reflected in your business every day. This is about... Black Lives marketing at this point. If you really mm-hmm. care about Black Lives, show improvement through actions and deeds. Let me see what your board look like. You know what I'm saying? Let me see what your Black hires look like in senior Absolutely. positions. Let me see if the Black people in that company are making just as much as the white people in that company. If they're if they're performing, you know, at the same rate or better. Let me see that. Other than that, it's, 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 it's garbage.
3: Yeah, I see a lot of companies calling out their companies as well where they work. Now the Minneapolis, Minneapolis City Council has announced plans to disband their police department. The nine council members, uh, they form a veto proof majority. They committed to defunding the department and moving toward a community based public safety model during a rally. According to local, uh, local reports, they said it is clear that our system of policing is not keeping our community safe. Our efforts at incremental reform have failed, period. It's our commitment to end policing as we know it and recreate systems of public safety that actually help keep us safe. So they plan to begin voting on legislation, targeting the department as well. A lot of protesters are calling to defund the police. So what does that actually mean? Well, what that means is instead of funding a police department, a lot of that budget will be invested in the community, especially marginalized ones where much of the policing occurs. They want to reallocate some but not all funds away from police departments to social services. And they also want to implement reforms like police trainings and body cameras and change that people really want so that communities can actually feel safer. So they said it's a spectrum of different things that can happen. And those funds can go towards mental health, domestic violence, homelessness, among other things.
5: I think it's great. You know, instead of funding the police department, yes, put put most of the city budgets back into the communities especially the marginalized black ones. You know what I'm saying? You know, we, we don't never get that kind of funding. Invest in the schools, the hospitals, housing, you know, food in the hood. Invest in those social services for mental health. If you, if you provide folks in the hood with a better, better quality of life, provide them with better quality opportunities, guess what will happen? Crime will go down. And when crime goes down, policing goes down, which means interactions with police go down, which means police killings go down. It's a really simple concept, people. Put some yeah. money in the hood. It's not hard. We've been telling you this for years.
2: All right. Well, that is front page news. Get it off your chest. 800-585-1051. If you need to vent, hit us up right now. Maybe you had a bad weekend, a horrible weekend, or maybe your weekend was great and you feel blessed. Call us up right now. 800-585-1051. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning.
0: The Breakfast Club. I'm telling. I'm telling. Hey,
2: what you doing,
0: man? I'm telling.
1: I'm calling you.
0: This is your time to get it off your chest, whether you're mad or mad. We're blessed. Eight hundred five eight five one zero five one. We want to hear from you on the <coughs> Breakfast Club. Hello, who's this?
2: Yo, this is Dre. Dre, what up? Hey, get it on bro.
4: How y'all doing this morning? Another day.
2: Yo, I'm blessed black and highly
5: favored, you. sir. What's yeah, up, brother?
7: Wonderful. I just want to call and get off my chest. I want to say all this love to the black community and to the world. Everybody have a great day this morning. Start <laughs> the weekend off. All is love. Thank you, guys.
3: That was nice and positive. All righty, baba. Hello, who's this? Hey,
7: this is Bill from North Carolina. Get it off your chest, bro. I had an incident you know, go, go down this weekend uh, with my family. Um, my son, who, I live in Raleigh. My son lives in Greensboro. He's been up there protesting everything. And what happened was my sister-in-law decided to send my son a video of the Candace Owens rant. Mm-hmm. And she thought that mm. she needed to send him that. But she never gave us an explanation. And my son tried to explain to them I'm black, my wife's Italian. So for whatever reason, she sent him that video thinking that that was mm. going to have him look at things differently and kind of divided our family because of that.
3: So he kind of agreed with Candace Owen or? No, hell, hell to the no. Okay, I'm just. Compl- oh, they just didn't she know was why saying, she would send that with no context. Yeah, that's
7: the whole thing. But yeah, that's the whole thing is we don't know why she sent it. You know, when and then you can't just send her, that
0: video.
5: Hmm.
7: Heard my son first. Tell me if you agree
5: it with it been. or disagree with it. That's that's what you do well, when you send you it, it to me. That. Be like, hey man, look at this, look at this foolishness. Or hey, what do you think about well, this? Something. No,
7: no, nothing. She just sent it to him, and then my son had to kind of explain things to her. But between her and her boyfriend, they try to they try to kind of shed light on the issue. And he was trying to let them know that you can't tell me how things are going, how things should be when you're not in my shoes. You're not black. You don't have to worry about. Getting pulled over by the police and having monetary things taken from you by the police for no reason for being black, and it was a back and forth, and it got my wife so upset that my wife was on her way to Connecticut to fight her sister and her boyfriend, oh, and damn. her mother had to talk her mother had to talk her off the ledge because yeah. we do believe that these conversations do believe
3: that are tough for people right now, because especially when y'all don't agree with each other.
7: Yeah, but the thing the thing is, Ange is. Um, my wife and I've been together for thirty years, mm. mm-hmm. so you know what I'm saying. It's like for her, to, for this, for this to happen, we don't have a problem talking about it because we understand. Because I'm black, mm-hmm. my kids are black. Mm-hmm. They're biracial, but in, in in society's eyes, they're black. So they who have white children don't understand right the things that our children have to go through on a daily basis. When my kids leave the house, Amen. the one thing I do tell them to do. I say, be safe, and I love you. Absolutely. God forbid if something should happen to my kids while they're out in about, At least I know that's the last thing that I say to them is that be safe and that, I love you.
6: Mm-hmm.
7: And it, like you said, it is, it is, it is a tough time, and it is, it is a tough thing to talk about. But for some people, I don't have a stuff I don't have a problem talking about it. I right. Have a problem no, with I any, feel with you.
3: People. It could feel really repetitive, too, because it's like we're having these conversations right now with so many people who don't understand that could easily do some research themselves and find out, and it gets exactly. a little frustrating.
7: Exactly. And that's what my mother-in-law did, because my mother-in-law's an educator. So what she did was, once she found out about it, she was she was pissed off. And her, thing, her question was the same as mine, was what was the reason for sending it? So she did some research on Candace Owens, and she sent myself, my wife, my son, my sister-in-law, she sent us an email, that she found a write-up about Candace Owens and what she's about. And a lot of it, a lot of it, I didn't know. And she, Mm -hmm. she, like I said, she's an educator, an English educator, and she dug deep and she found it and she sent it to us. And she, Mm -hmm. she's very upset with her daughter for doing that. Right. And she still hasn't had the conversation with her about why she did it.
3: Well, I hope y'all get it together. And I hope that she understands how, you know, irresponsible that was.
2: Yeah. Thanks for checking in, brother. Get it off your chest. 800 585 1051. If you need to vent, hit us up now. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning.
0: The Breakfast Club. Let's go. This is your time to get it off your chest. Whether you're man or blessed. We want to hear from you on The Breakfast Club. So if you've got
1: something on your mind, let it out. Hello, who's this? This is D. I'm calling from Jacksonville. Hey, D, get it off your chest.
5: Jacksonville, Florida. What's happening, D?
1: Well, I was just listening to what you were saying earlier about them disbanding um, Minneapolis Police Department and um, allocating funds into the the hood. They're not going to do that nationwide because um, poverty and crime is a million-billion-dollar business. They, They don't want it to stop. They want it to keep going. It's a vicious cycle that's been going on for years and to stop it, to solve the problem they don't want the problem to be solved because it's going to take money out of their pockets
3: well that's why local elections are important and who represents you is important too because the reason this is happening in Minneapolis is because of the local council members
5: this whole moment that we're in is to get America to change its business model. We all know what America's business model is. That's white supremacy. So we have to dismantle this mechanism of white supremacy. So I'm not mad at the idea of defunding the police at all.
1: I'm not mad at it either. But there's so many people who are sleep. There's so many people like, uh, I'm not going to join in on the keeping the money in with black business, I'm still going to go eat at McDonald's, I'm still going to go eat at chick fil like, I've listened to, like, some of my, I won't even say friends, I'll say associates say that, like, they, they don't, they don't care, they're not trying to help the change, they're going to keep adding on to the problem, because, they don't think it really affects them, and even if it does affect them, it's like they really don't care. It don't affect them enough for them
5: to try e, to right. help the
1: change.
5: D, e, you, know, you know how what? I tell you what those type of people? Shot them. ain't got time for that. You try, we, we leaving. <laughs> we trying to get the hell up out of here, okay? We out. You either coming with us or you're not. If you want to stay here and be a slave, stay here and be a slave, but you're not going to hold us up, okay? You're not going to slow us down. Thank that's you, that's mama. It. Hello, who's this?
1: Yo, this Shark. Calling out
2: of charlotte. a
5: charlotte. What's up, bro? Get it off your chest. 704,
1: I got, Queen City. I, yeah, I got two things. Uh, first, let's talk about that Chick-fil-A thing. They're not backing this this movement. But also, last week this guy called about uh, the accountability of the police officers having to register like we have to do with our license. I think we need to talk about that subject because we need to push it. And y'all have that platform to kind of put that out there. But we need to really put these police accountable because they don't need seven times to finally kill somebody or 20 times to finally kill somebody. They need to be held accountable. And that's the only mm-hmm. thing that that's can't right. make change is accountability.
5: Absolutely. That's it. Simple Absolutely. as that. You, you get what you demand. You encourage what you tolerate. That's right. That's right. Well, get it off your chest.
2: 800-585-1051. If you need to vent, you can hit us up. Now, we got rumors on the way.
3: Well, yes, let's talk about some companies who are being called out right now for their policies and things that they're saying online and what's actually going on within their businesses. We'll give you a couple of examples.
2: All right, we'll get into that next. Keep it locked. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. Morning, everybody. It's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlamagne Tha We are The Breakfast Club. Let's get to the rumors. Let's talk Michael B. Jordan. Listen.
8: Rumor report. The Room report
0: The Breakfast
3: Club Yes, yeah, so Michael B. Jordan He had showed up to protest With the people in Los Angeles And he talked about some Of his very memorable movie roles Just think about it Just Mercy, Black Panther, Fruitville Station And he discusses his role in Just Mercy He said, I learned his tactics I learned his mentality And then he goes on to talk about The ways in which his own production team Prioritizes inclusion Here's what he had to say
0: We're in the heart of Hollywood right now the One of the world's most powerful industries And I'm an active member of that I've dedicated
7: my production coming to an inclusion writer. But it has to go beyond that. Yeah. So to the brands that support me, to all the productions, to the studios, to the all the bu- businesses and partnerships that I have, if you have any financial ties to police, we have
6: to relook at our
7: business. We have to stop hiring police. We have to cut off their support. That's
5: why I'm committing to hire, hiring private security at all by events. Michael B is right. You know what I'm saying? If you have a voice at your company, you got some some type of juice mm-hmm. at your company. If you got you know uh, s- some leverage with these companies you working with, you gotta make sure that they are all about inclusion. I don't know. To be honest with you, you should have been doing this before this moment, but but better late than never.
3: Right, and here's something else that people are getting called out about. Now, Adidas actually posted the word racism crossed out. On their um, Instagram page, and then they said, "Take action. Things won't change unless we create that change." Well, unfortunately, there was a lot of backlash from their very own employees. Now, one person, Julia Bond, who's black and works as an assistant designer at Adidas, sent out a letter to Adidas's leadership that she shared, and she said that Adidas's response is shameful. And they, she said, they are uh, have consistent complacency in taking active steps against a racist work environment. Apparently, there's a lot of conversations from employees about things that are going on in their workplace, a lot of complaints that are often disregarded and a lot of frustration. She said, crossing out the word racism does not negate its reality. Rather, it makes you feel comfortable knowing that it's gone. Unless you are actively working and instilling practices against it, you uphold the very thing you claim to admonish. So she called on Adidas to issue a public apology for the racism and discrimination they have openly enabled and perpetuated across the brand. So... That's right. Apparently, a lot of people have been talking about it there. Mm Mm-hmm.
5: Listen, all these corporations are full of it. Don't scream Black Lives Matter if you don't have a lot of black hires. All you corporations are full of it. If you're releasing these I love black people tweets and let's dismantle white supremacy memes and videos. It's a fad. Well, your business doesn't reflect that.
2: It's a fad. It seems like a fad. It looks good to people so the people are doing it, but they have to really do it.
5: Yeah, and that's that's how you make it not a fad by actually putting people in those positions in your company, black people. Don't let Black Lives Matter turn to black lives marketing for some of these corporations.
3: Well, an Adidas spokesperson is now saying they're going to have an all-employee meeting this week to discuss the topic and share an action plan. Oh, they said, we recognize that we have not done enough and we are dedicated to doing more. We are close to finalizing our commitments to ensure our people. Most importantly, our black employees are heard, supported, and involved in solutions.
5: The action plan is simple, hire more black people. How many black people work at your place of business? How many black people have senior roles in your company? How many black people on your board? What does your black representation look like? Is Kanye West on the board at Adidas? He should be. He's got a billion-dollar company that he built over there with Yeezy. He gave him a lot of cultural relevance over the last few years. Is Kanye West on the board at at, at, um, Adidas? I don't know. I feel like if, if black people make up 13% of the population, we should have 13% representation in all industries via equity, ownership, our involvement. Do you have black people at well, your company who are outperforming the white people, but the white people still make more money than the black people? Why is that? Huh? Let's talk about it if we're going to talk about it.
3: Now, Reebok has also ended their partnership with CrossFit after their CEO made some insensitive remarks. Greg Glassman is the CEO of CrossFit on Twitter. Now, they said our partnership with CrossFit HQ comes to an end later this year. Recently, we have been in discussions regarding a new agreement. However, in light of recent events, we have made the decision to end our partnership with CrossFit. We will fulfill our remaining contractual obligations in 2020. We owe this to the CrossFit Games competitors, fans, and the community. But what doesn't Mm -hmm. change is our commitment and dedication to CrossFitters. Now, apparently... What happened was there was a post from the Institute for Health Metrics and Evaluation. There was a tweet that said racism and discrimination are critical public health issues that demand an urgent response wherever they occur. And Glassman responded, "It's Floyd 19 So a lot of people called him out on it. And after that happened, Reebok has now cut ties with CrossFit.
5: Well, Reebok needs to get Reebok needs to get back in business with Rose. Perfect time to bring back Ross Fit. Well, they never had Ross Fit, but perfect time to launch Ross Fit, okay, with Rosé. Bring back Rosé to Reebok.
3: Remember Reebok had the S-Dot Carters and the G-Unit sneakers also? I
5: Back in the day, yeah. Early,
3: early yeah. on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I remember, All right. I remember and Snoop... Rick Ross
5: moon, moonwalking in a pair of Reebok pumps, too. <laughs> hmm Swiss Beast. they did All a right. deal
6: with
2: Swiss Beast too.
3: Yep, Swiss had a deal as a, a head over there, designer. All right, Snoop Dogg is going to vote for the first time in 2020. Now, he called into Big Boy's neighborhood to discuss the killing of George Floyd and the Black Lives Matter protests, and he said that it'll be his first time voting. Listen to this.
1: I ain't never voted a day in my life, but this year I think I'm gonna get out and vote because
5: I can't stand to see this parking office one more year. You got a vocal voice for the voters, like you can get people that go out and vote because Snoop Dogg said so. But for also, with they, this... for
1: many years they had me brainwashed thinking that you couldn't vote because you had a criminal record. I didn't know that. My record's been expunged, so, so now
5: I can vote. I'm better late than never. I-, I felt the same way in 2008. When I voted for the first time ever for President Barack Obama, I didn't know I could vote because of my felonies, but I was mistaken, and I went out there and voted for the first time for President Obama. The sad part about that whole situation is poor Snoop is losing his of virginity to Joe Biden? Ugh, I lost my of virginity to President Barack Obama. But you got to lose right. your of virginity to Joe Biden? Ugh.
3: Hey, anything that to help get Donald Trump out of office.
5: And that's, and what, he that's exactly yeah, please, what he said. That's exactly yeah. what he said. Yep. Hey, yeah, please don't let Trump pop your uh, virgin voted cherry okay please
3: (laughs) all right i'm angela yee and that is your rumor report
5: all right when we come back we got front page news what are we talking
2: about
3: yes we are going to be giving you guys updates on what's happening with openings and also george floyd services in houston today there is a public viewing and tomorrow a funeral service so we'll give you some details
2: all right, we'll get into that next. Keep it locked. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. Morning, everybody. It's DJ NV Angela Yee, Charlemagne the God. We are The Breakfast Club. Let's get in some front-page news. Where we starting, Yee?
3: Well, today is Derek Chauvin, the former Minneapolis police officer charged with second-degree murder of George Floyd. is He's going to be having his first court appearance today, so I just want to point that out so we keep an eye out for what's going to happen there. Now, today, George Floyd will be remembered in Houston before being taken to his final resting place in Pearland. So, today is a memorial in Houston, and only 500 people will be allowed in the church at any given time during the visitation. So, it's a public viewing from noon to 6 p.m., and it will be at the fountain of praise church in houston then tomorrow he'll be taken to his final resting place just to give you an update um now 500 people will be socially distanced at a time and mourners will be asked to wear face coverings and gloves so the public will have to enter from two sides of the church in separate socially distanced lines and after viewing exit the church and then you will not be allowed to return to the lobby to leave no bags will be allowed either so you have to go through a metal detector Mm -hmm. and your temperature will be checked before you can even get in
5: Rest in peace to George Floyd. He's getting a hero send-off. This is second memorial? Because the third is tomorrow, right? I think the third is in Houston tomorrow. So this is second one today.
3: Yes, and they'll be streaming that, by the way, on uh, KHOU.com. So if you're at home and you want to watch the viewing and the funeral service, you can also stream that and watch it. All right. Now, the mayor in Washington, Muriel Bowser, has formally endorsed Black Lives Matter Plaza downtown, and it's just steps away from the White House in Washington, D.C., so here is what she had to say. What we commissioned
8: um, was the Black Lives Matter mural, uh, and it's become a centering point, a place for healing, um, strategizing, but also redress, um, which is a, a right in America where citizens from all over the country come to their nation's capital uh, to deliver grievances at the footstep of the people's house.
5: Dropping the clues bombs for Mayor Bowser. (laughs) That was dope. That's my kind of petty right there. mm -hmm.
3: Now he lives at Black Lives Matter Plaza? Yeah. Yep. That's his address? That's my kind of petty right there. Salute to you,
5: Mayor Bowser. (laughs) I like that.
3: (laughs) All right. And Republican Senator Mitt Romney marched in D.C., at a protest after the death of George Floyd. Now, here is what Mitt Romney had to say about participating in that demonstration to make sure people know what's really good.
7: We need a voice against racism. We need many voices against racism and against brutality. Justice! We need to stand up and say the Black Lives Matter.
5: I like how Mitt Romney <laughs> set that up, too. Uh, he, he, he posted a picture of um, his father actually protesting during the Civil Rights era. So I guess he's trying to say like father, like son. So I like the way he he put that in context.
3: Yeah, he posted a picture of his dad and said, this is my father, George Romney, participating in a civil rights march in Detroit in the suburbs during the late 1960s. Force alone will not eliminate riots. We must eliminate the problems from which they stem. (laughs) I love it. I enjoy seeing that. I want to give you all some good news, too, um, along with this. There's a teenager, and I like this story. This was in Buffalo, New York, Antonio Gwyn Jr. He saw the damage from protests in his hometown, and he went and got a broom, got some trash bags, and he started cleaning the streets all by himself. He started at 2 a.m. on Monday. He did not stop cleaning for 10 hours. Then a group of neighbors arrived later that morning. They wanted to start clearing out the damage, and they found that he had basically done most of the work. He's an 18-year-old high school senior. He told CNN he saw on the local news that the uh, Bailey Avenue in Buffalo was covered in glass and garbage. People needed to use that street to get to work in the morning, and he single-handedly pretty much did everything. Now, Matt Black is a person who saw Antonio Gwyn Jr.'s story on the news, and he decided that he was going to give him his prize 2004 Red Mustang convertible. So he gave him that car because I guess they looked at his page and saw he was asking for advice on buying a car and things like that. And then a local businessman actually gave him a year of free auto insurance as well through his insurance agency. So this high schooler went out and did a good deed. And then a lot of people chipped in to do something positive for him.
5: Well, that's why when you do things for people or just do things in general, you do them and not expect anything in return. You just go out there and do it. You never know how the universe is going to bless you. He just got his karma back instantly. Clearly.
3: Mm-hmm. All right. And uh, Colin Powell, (laughs) Donald Trump is upset that Colin Powell will be voting for Biden. Now, he went ahead and said, Colin Powell, a real stiff who was very responsible for getting us into the disastrous Middle East wars, just announced he will be voting for another stiff, sleepy Joe Biden. Didn't Powell say that Iraq had weapons of mass destruction? They didn't. But off we went to war. That's what he said on Twitter after Colin Powell appeared on CNN and said that he was going to be voting for Biden. According to Colin Powell, he said we have a constitution and we have to follow that constitution institution and the president has drifted away from it on state
5: of the union yeah i was watching that yesterday that's not a shock though Mm -hmm. i mean colin Powell voted for barack obama and hillary clinton so i mean it's not a it's not a shock and 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 the problem with trump man and why you can't, can't count trump out is simple we don't know how he won in 2016 2016 it was the same thing low approval rating amongst people low approval rating amongst other gop officials every poll saying trump didn't stand a chance and then on election day he became the goddamn president Allow me to reintroduce myself Okay, that's why I keep saying Joe Biden has to go out there and beat him because Trump isn't just going to lose. And how does Joe Biden beat Trump? By doing what all of the world is doing right now, leaning into blackness. Okay, if Biden would have listened to us months ago, he would have been ahead of the curve, ahead of the black curve. All right? <laughs> A long time ago. he Still got time right. to catch up, though.
3: And that's why I say, like, with representatives, I don't, it's not really about whether you're a Democrat or a Republican. If I support somebody and I like their policies, I support them. So That's how it should you know, be. Some people might that's say it. Colin Powell is a Republican, but he's supporting Joe Biden, and that's great. You
5: that's vote that's how your interest. You vote what you think is best for the country. Simple as that. It's not about personality. It's about policy. Simple. It's not about individuals. It's about interest. Simple.
3: All right. Well, I'm Angela Yee, and that is your Front Page News.
5: All right.
2: When we come back, uh, Republic Records, uh, they banned the term urban within the label. And they are mm-hmm. encouraging the music industry to follow suit. So, you know, a, a Republic Records is the home of Drake, uh, Ariana Grande, and a host of others. The so Weeknd, we're Taylor Swift. 800 yeah, 585 They
5: might need to ban the word urban. I ain't hear one black <laughs> number. No, the term black, urban. People. What do you guys one feel about the term,
2: the term urban? That That is the question. Let's talk about it. Do you think the term urban should be banned?
5: We'll talk about it. I hate the term urban. But why, why do you hate it? I hate the term urban because it makes me feel like um, they're just afraid to say black. I've I've always said that, by the way. I've never liked that word. I'm on record saying that. And the reason I never liked the word urban is because what I just said, I always felt like it was their way of of avoiding the word black. Like, I I like to hear the word black. I would like to hear black adult contemporary music or, you know, uh, Mike Kaiser is the head of black music at Atlanta Records. The Breakfast Club is a black radio show. Well, one one and a half and a Dominican. And and I like when people I'm refer black. to me as a black radio personality, not an urban radio personality. Even white artists it's make It's interesting, though, music. Say they make black music.
3: They'll give somebody like Ed Sheeran, they'll say he's one of the most important urban artists, but he's not black. But does he make urban music, black, black music? music. Or? Yeah. But do you call it so, black
2: music? So when you have an artist like, a, let's say, a Post Malone or Eminem, do you say they make black music? Malone. What post Malone. Post Malone. You,
3: watching this weekend, sir? you <laughs> said Post. Said you know,
2: I know I said, what post I was I said Post Malone. <laughs> I said, so mm-hmm. artists like Post Malone or Eminem, do they make black music?
5: Yes, they make black music. Duh. I'm just asking. <laughs> what do you mean? But well, then when we, yes. when
2: we do country music or do we do pop music, do we do, you
5: know, do we do white music? We're making it, country music. Lil Nas X made a country music. song. music. Yes. <laughs> I'm, I'm just asking. <laughs> Lil Nas X, Lil Nas X made a country music we need a white music, music category? It, I'm just, it, no, I'm just it, asking. different. It's different okay. with, um, I guess, hip-hop, right? Because hip-hop has an actual term. So when somebody is rapping, you know what to call that. When somebody's doing country music, correct, you know what to call that. But when something is labeled urban, like why is that an urban radio show? No, it's called call me a black radio show. Why am I an urban radio personality? Call me a mm-hmm. black radio personality. It just always feels like ur- urban is just their way of avoiding saying that beautiful, magical word, black. Okay? Black, 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 bliggity, black, black, black. Well, let's let's use talk use. about it. Open up the phone
2: lines. 800 585 1051 What do you think? What's your opinion? Call us now. It's the Breakfast Club. Good morning.
0: Out, pull out, pull out your phone. Call in right now. Call me. Add your opinion to the Breakfast Club topic. Break it down. 800 585 1051 The Breakfast Club. It's topic time. Call 800 585
2: 1051 to join into the discussion with the Breakfast Club. Let's talk about it. Morning, everybody. It's DJ NV, Angela Yee, Charlemagne the Guy. We are the Breakfast Club. Now, if you just joined us, we're talking about the term urban. Now, what happened with Repub- uh, Republic Records,
3: Uh, So basically they put out a statement and they said that they are not going to be using the word urban. They're actually burning, uh, banning it from the company verbiage. And they said we encourage the rest of the music industry to follow suit as it is important to shape the future of what we want it to look like and not adhere to the outdated structures of the past. And just so you guys know, that term urban dates back to DJ Frankie Cracker. He's a black New York radio DJ from back in the mid-70s, and he coined the phrase urban contemporary, and they later shortened it to urban. And so they said the term didn't carry negative connotations at that time, but a lot of people argue it has evolved to symbolize lumping music by black artists into one category category and marginalizing black musicians.
5: The only black man with a suntan, Frankie Crocker. I encourage all radio personalities to go Google some old Frankie Crocker on YouTube. Drop on the Clues bombs with Frankie Crocker. Rest in peace Mm -hmm. to to the legend. Frankie Crockett. Legend icon. I I don't like the word urban. Um, Urban, to me, is their way of not saying black. It feels like erasure. It feels like marginalization. When I hear the word in meetings or just, you know, conversation, I always tell the person to just say black. Like, why are you afraid to say black? It rolls off your tongue so well. Black, 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 black. Okay, I like when I'm when they say uh, the Breakfast Club is a black radio show. Charlamagne God is a black radio personality. I like when hear somebody's the president of black uh, something at a company. I like that word. I hate the word Urban. What do you think,
3: you? Um, is see, it's difficult because I never really thought so much about it. Like, I feel like from the point of view of some artists who I know, right? Who just because you're black, they they term you and put you in black music so even if you're say a, a alternative rock music they'll still say you're black music and then they won't play you on certain stations that might be a format because I feel like they do that to fit a certain format so that they can play you on certain stations and I think the whole thing is confusing because I also feel like nowadays with streaming services and people having so many different tastes and wanting to listen to different genres I don't know it's hard to say does it matter if you you know what I'm saying? Like, if you're a black artist, does that mean automatically that you're lumped into black music? So the yeah, whole the thing that's, that's, is that's confusing
5: smart. to me. Go ahead. No, I'm saying Ye's absolutely right. But what Ye what just explained is systemic racism. Because if I'm a black artist and I make a country song, that actually happened with Lil Nas X. They didn't want to put Lil Nas X on the charts Correct. for whatever reason. Why not? He made a country record. You know what I'm saying? If I'm a, a black rock group and I make a rock song, then put me on the rock charts. You know what I mean? The fact that you're keeping me off of that and want to lump me into, you know, or, or put me into urban is just because I'm black. That, if within itself, is systemic racism.
2: I,
3: and you then know, I, look I never at had, Adele, a, I never and had I look a problem. At mm-hmm.
2: I never had a problem with the term urban. I, I never really thought about it, and I've been going to the label since I've been 16, picking up records. But I do know when an artist is signed, that they kind of put you into what category your music, I guess, defines. Like if you're a rapper, they put you usually in the urban department. If you're a pop artist, they put you in rhythmic the section or a pop section. Or if you're a country artist, they put you in a country section. And it's not the country section, it's what they work. So the country yeah. section works this, this, the country charts and the country radio stations and the urban department. Uh, works the urban radio, and they worked the clubs, and they worked the urban DJs. That's how I thought it was categorized. I would, I, I never had a problem with. Well, you, urban means this. It, I, I just never did. I guess me being from New York, and New York considered so urban. I grew up on the words, so it never, it never that kind of. It wasn't me offensive. To away. You. No, it wasn't offensive to me. It's never been offensive to me. And
3: right, because then Post Malone is the
2: he a, definitely
5: is not Post Dominican. Malone?
3: Then if they get rid of urban music, is he categorizes black music now? I mean, he Justin makes Bieber,
5: rap music. Is he-, he makes he he makes hip hop. You know what I'm saying? Like they made and Justin admitted this weekend that you know he mm-hmm. makes black music. He's appropriated uh black culture. Now and, and just to play white devil's advocate, they do do that to black artists as well. Because there was Which times really? when Rihanna didn't get played on, uh, quote unquote urban radio because they said she was making pop records, you know, Correct. and I remember it was a time where she had to transition and she started um, making pop records, but then she would also do something for She did both ways. Radio as well. That's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And
3: Beyoncé, yep. I feel like is the same, you know, she's also a pop artist, because pop just means popular.
5: Exactly, which black music is by the way, which right. pop is, the most popular art form. We need to get rid of all, how about we get rid of all the ladies? Get <laughs> <No laughs> rid of urban, but, let's but get she, a pop, good songs. let's just make music. <laughs> But you gotta call it because you know it's is
2: different. People work different parts, so it's like you know some people work. You need ooh,
3: categories. Different, you, you know, need different categories. stations.
2: Yeah, you do need categories because that's how you define where, where you're working. You know what I mean? Well, let us like see what people, other people think. Some people will work at the at the hip hop stations and they'll never work pop or they'll never work country. Mm-hmm. They'll never cross over. It's kind of you have people that's designed to do certain areas, so you don't have everybody right. doing everything.
5: Well, Envy, you're talking from a very old-school perspective because nobody at the do no goddamn work no more. Records work themselves. Now they still, okay? do, work. They <laughs> the no, they still do work. They show up after the fact. No, nah, they still do work. They show up after the fact. They show up after a record has already popped off on the internet like, Hi, my name that is, is.
2: That's not true. In some cases they do, but a lot of cases they do work on records, and they do play when records. When the last time a record, record got worked?
5: Seriously. They when work when the last time a record time. got worked?
3: They work yeah, after they, they the popping online. What normally happens is they see a little buzz and then the label does get behind it once you've created some buzz and then they're the ones that make it go top 10.
2: Absolutely. They work records. Mm-hmm. They play records. They have music meetings every week where they play new artists and new records that they're trying to push. Is that right or wrong, right,
3: they do. They do respond they do to what people are saying online and then try to take it over the top. Like they say, they okay, we there. can see this has the potential to be a top 10 record.
5: Okay, record labels <laughs> just need two people now, that's all. This is <laughs> just, just two people boy, now? Two people. <laughs> what two, two people, people. working from Zoom. Working home from Zoom. We just save a <laughs> lot of money, okay? All right. <laughs> Goodness Slowly. gracious.
2: Everybody in the label about
5: to lose their job. Thanks, Charlamagne. Hello, who's
1: this? Good morning, this is Ken.
2: Hey, good morning. What do you think about the term urban?
1: I think it's just the politically correct way to say black, like Charlamagne said. Word. So, I don't see a point. It's <laughs> not a big deal to me. But also, before you guys let me go, I would like to submit an entry for donkey of the day.
5: <laughs> okay. Talk to me. Who you got?
1: I want to volunteer Terry Crews' tribute. Um, he oh, my God. About. <laughs> yes, saying that defeating white <sighs> supremacy is somehow encouraging black supremacy. And I just feel like he's the male Candace Owens.
3: <laughs> what is wrong with him? He's just be saying and then be mad that people get offended and don't like he don't get it. Thank you, mama. He's crazy.
2: 800-585-1051. We're talking the term urban. We'll take your calls when we come back. And we'll find out if Charlemagne is gonna give Terry Crews donkey the day later on. All right, it's the Breakfast Club. Good
0: morning. Call me. Add your opinions to the Breakfast Club. Top. Come on.
2: 800-585-1051. Morning, everybody. It's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlemagne the guy. We are the Breakfast Club. Now, if you just join us, we're talking about the term "urban." Now, uh, Republic Records, which is home to Drake, uh, Ariana Grande, The Weeknd, hey. host of others, uh, they're banning the term "urban." So, we're just asking, what are your thoughts? Hello, who's this?
4: Hello, it's Shadi. from Drake. Hey, Jersey. what's up, bro? I'm Peace and power, man. Shout out to all y'all. I man, I, I love what y'all do. Um, I love how like, y'all keeping people conscious. You know, making the attempt to anyway. I know not everybody you know catches on, but the work I do I appreciate
2: you. Well thank you so much brother. We're talking you, okay. the, the term urban. What what are your thoughts?
4: Um it's a word and I feel like you know words uh throughout time as as we evolve as as our um understanding evolves, words you know take on different meanings. Gay used to be used to mean happy and it kind of still does, but you say hey man are you gay? So <laughs> <laughs> that's a definition to that that question nowadays. <laughs> but, um I feel like they you know, still
5: means happy words,
4: though. Yeah, it does, but if I say yeah, gay still be happy. Okay? huh?
2: You said if you said what?
4: I said Charlemagne, are you gay? You know, if I say, if I ask you, are you gay? You're not gonna say you know. That's saying?
5: a good point, Charlemagne, Are you gay? I would reply. I would reply. I'm married, sir. Okay. So wait,
3: I'm confused. How did stop, we get from so gay me. urban music? Are you gay? Married? Are you gay? Married? You know what I'm saying? So, oh my god! But, but I think when I first learned, So first
4: the, the definition of the term urban in school. Urban meant City, uh, rural meant out in the country, and and mm-hmm. suburban meant you know somewhere in between. But now you know I feel like it depends on the context. You know what I'm saying? If I'm if I'm writing a, a script or a play, you know, and I got to set a uh, the the setting, I'm gonna say okay, it's in the urban setting, so you automatically know it's in the city. But if you know you got you know white folks, you know standing, you know, or you know I won't say white folks, prejudice folks standing around, you know. Having a conversation. Oh, this is the urban style. You know what I'm saying? Then, then that may be you know a loaded word. You know, it depends. I think it depends on the context. You know right. what I'm saying? I mean, so I mean that that's 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 my view, man. Just like the word, just like the word Christian. You know what I'm saying? Just like the word black. You know? I mean, it, it, you know, it, it it takes on different meanings throughout time. But you just
3: talk about intent. It. What is your intent when you use it? What is All the right.
2: intent exactly? Okay. Well, thank you, brother.
7: Hello. Who's this? This is Matt.
3: Matt, what's up, bro?
7: I'm good, I'm good. How about yourself, man? Good morning to everybody, you know? I think um, a, lot of black people, a lot of black people don't want to be black, so we don't want everything urban to be renamed black because it wouldn't represent. Ooh,
5: me. I like that take you That's got right good. there, sir. Thank you. They Yeah, they so wouldn't what... appreciate that. So they want to keep it
7: mainly political, and they think it'll be uh something that'll be worse more than good. So, yeah.
5: Yeah, so urban, urban is a politically correct word, that, so they don't have to mm-hmm. say black, and it's a word that makes everybody who who isn't comfortable with their blackness feel comfortable.
9: Well,
7: not just the blackness, but everything that urban stands for isn't something that all black people
5: don't stand for, like night. Oh, you mean you? Okay, I get what you're saying. Like, do you think urban comes with ghetto? Is what you're saying?
7: Yeah, it's been, it's been applied too closely to that, and a lot of people don't even want to, the hood to exist. We want all black people to live outside of the hood. Most people do. So, yeah. Are we going to rename Urban say.
3: Outfitters?
5: Uh, black I Outfitters know. will be fire.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I, I, get, I get what you're saying. I get what you're saying. I, I guess growing up in New York, I, I mean, we we always considered New York City urban. So it was never yeah. a, a, a thing of anything else. Like, if you, it's certain styles that you just looked at as urban. You know, when, I, I don't know.
3: It, as a matter of fact, if you lived in the suburbs growing up, we felt like you was corny. You know what I'm saying? Like, oh, that's suburban. Oh, the suburban kids. Urban was actually cool. Yeah. I, I,
2: I don't know. It's, it's, it's a, mm. I, I don't know. I guess me being from New York City, I just never, I never had a problem with the term.
3: It just, yeah, it just I agree me- with that. I think here it was always like urban was cool, hip. Suburban was like follow. You know what I'm saying? Like the way you looked at it, like, oh, he's suburban anyway. He don't know, you know?
2: There were certain things that was urban culture, like, you know, do-rags was like the urban, was urban culture, okay, the way that we was wore impressive. our pants. <laughs> Not nah, the way we wore our pants, the way we, we tied our sneakers, that was all urban. That was our urban culture. You know, the fact that we laced it a certain way, and Run-DMC wore well, their there kicks a certain way, and the way we wore our that's jerseys. black culture,
5: that, though. Why we say urban? Nobody, nobody grew up in the hood saying urban. We didn't grow up in the hood saying, yo, that's urban. That's but urban. We didn't you know, there loud, I'm urban and proud.
2: But we never said <laughs> but urban I, culture or we never said black culture either. We never, we just said. But we definitely, we made, kids. We definitely made the I never said I the way I wear my. I never did. I never said the way I wear my pants is the black way. I just wore it because I, I, that's I, where no, I was I de-
5: from. De- no, 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 no. Time about Envy. You're a liar. I'm going to tell you why. How? You know, good and well, at some point in your life, you heard people in the hood say, oh, he's talking like a white boy. Oh, he's dressing like a white boy. So if you're saying that, what are you dressing like? Clearly, uh, nobody, you're making the distinction.
2: But nobody ever said you're dressing like a... a, a that's like black culture. Nobody ever said that. We just because did that's it, obvious. That's where we were from. But that's so what we know we're
5: black. We did it because that's what we We say black from. power. We say black pride. Correct. You know what I mean? Like, we were we were very... We all we were, we were... of the When we had the Malcolm X hats and the African medallions, like, mm-hmm. we were very in tune with our black... Remember Black Bart Simpson t-shirts? Absolutely. Come on now. All I heard,
3: all I heard was Charlamagne call you a liar.
2: Yeah, that's what I said because I didn't say uh, I wear my clothes the the black way. I just did. It was just I was, it was just New York was considered urban, and that's what that's what it was. It was we didn't take it for we didn't take it for anything. We didn't take it as disrespect. It wasn't offensive. That's just that's just where, where
5: we were from. Envy is definitely urban. That's our new name. Me and Envy are Burton Urban from now on. Burton okay? Urban. I'm Burton Urban. Burton Urban. All right? all right, Jamos. How you say urban in in, in
2: Spanish, man?
4: Urbano. <laughs> All
2: right. Urbano.
5: Envy is Urbano. DJ Ibano. Yes. That is his new name, DJ Urbano. That's your new Urbano. name from that one. I'm never calling you Envy ever. You did even saying it right. It's, it's Urbano, Urbano. right? You.
3: Urbano. This is one of those ones you could
2: just add an O to, Envy. I love this one. Ur- Urbano. Urbano. Urbano.
4: Urbano.
2: <laughs> DJ Urbano. My goodness. We got rumors on the way, ye.
3: Yes, and, you know, let's talk about Lil Wayne. And he talks about his relationship with police officers. After some comments that he made, he doubles down and he gives his abuse on the police.
9: All
2: right, we'll it's get into not that not very next. Urbano. Keep it locked. It's the Breakfast Club. Good morning. We are the Breakfast Club. I want to shout out to all the protesters out there, man, that, that's been on those front lines, that's been marching, that's been putting up with everything from more police brutality to tear gas to getting shot with rubber bullets to... The anti-protesters, people screaming at them, spitting on them, and just a lot of them stuff. A lot of stuff that's been happening to them while they're just trying to get out there and just peacefully protest. I just want to salute and shout out to them
5: over the over the weekend. Wanna, go ahead. Now I want to salute. Um, until freedom. You know, they had they had a couple of marches this weekend in New York, and we have to say big happy Born Day salute to one of our fearless leaders out here in these streets, Queen Tamika Mallory. Drop one of the clues. Absolutely. For Tameka happy Tameka birthday, Tamika Mallory. Tamika Mallory. Mallory turned 40 today, still looking 40, like she's 23. Club. Yep. I don't know <laughs> how she looks so stress-free with all the BS that she got to deal with on a daily basis, but salute to Tamika Mallory, man. Salute Absolutely. To her. Send her nothing but positive. Yeah, happy birthday. Love and light.
3: Happy birthday to Tamika Mallory. Actually, yesterday, there was a Zoom call that she put together, her and Linda Sarsar alongside Alicia Keys and Rhapsody. And this was for a birthday celebration for Breonna Taylor. And Breonna Taylor's mother was on and her cousins and her sister and best friends and everything. So it was organizing to get some action because those police officers that killed her have not been charged still. So it was just a way to give out more information, and we're going to be spreading that information starting today. But there were a lot of great people on the call, a lot of great suggestions. Cardi B was on it. Tracy Ellis Ross was on there. Yandy, Mona Scott Young, Ellen DeGeneres was on there. So I look forward to hearing more of that because I feel like for Breonna Taylor, her family has still not gotten answers. They haven't gotten justice, and we don't want this to be something that just gets swept under the rug.
2: And today for her birthday, she's asking everybody to donate to there until you go. About to do the freedom same thing. go
5: ahead yeah. until
2: u n t i l freedom she's saying please donate four dollars forty dollars four hundred dollars she turns forty today so she's saying for her birthday and, donate what you can to the cause
5: and she that's our cash app the cash app is uh, until freedom and the Venmo is at until freedom uh, that's mm-hmm. Venmo right I yes. don't do Venmo I do Cash App but yes yes go <laughs> donate to app. donate to our people man love Tamika. love her she is one of our great black fearless leaders out here in the streets and we talk about protecting people at all costs no tamika mallory absolutely must be protected at all costs Don't absolutely hurt fooling around with tamika mallory okay drop on the clues bombs for tamika mallory it. all right well we got rumors on the way what are we talking about
3: uh yes we are going to be talking about little wayne and some comments that he has tried to clear up so let's see if you have more understanding
2: all right we'll get into that next is the breakfast club good morning this is the rumor report
0: with
10: Angela
3: Yee on The Breakfast Club. Well, Terry Crews tweeted out, defeating white supremacy without white people creates black supremacy. Equality is the truth. Like it or not, we are all in this together. So naturally, I know I happened to see that as soon as he posted it, and everybody went in. I knew that was going to happen immediately because it just doesn't seem to make much sense.
5: It doesn't. I, did, I still don't even understand what he was trying to say. And once Me I read neither. the tweet twice and don't get it, I, I, I keep it moving. I mind my God. I don't even understand what he was trying to say. Yeah, I don't understand Godfrey,
3: either. Godfrey, the comedian, said, I love you as a, bro- as a friend, Brother Terry, but I disagree with you 100%. No such thing as black supremacy. That is a tactic that racist whites use to counteract our rebellion to their horrific treatment of us. It's called gaslighting. Black pride isn't anti-white. Terry Crews responded I agree I'm not discussing white people here there are gatekeepers of blackness within our own community who decide who's black and who's not I have often been called out for not being black enough how can that be And then uh, Um, Tyler James (laughs) Williams said, I'm not trying to call you out, Terry Crews. You know us all love always, but we're rightfully angry right now and fed up with anyone, not with our cause wholeheartedly. I don't want to see that energy pointed your way or diverted from the cause. And Terry Crews responded, I understand, Tyler. I was not saying black supremacy exists because it doesn't. I am saying if both black and whites don't continue to work together, bad attitudes and resentments can create a dangerous self-righteousness. That's all. Then he goes on to say, any black person who calls me a coon or and Uncle Tom for promoting equality is a black supremacist because they have determined who's black and who is not.
5: And, and see, so that's <sighs> so where his confusing. problem lies. His, pro- his problem lies with the black people who are calling him Coon and Uncle Tom. So therefore, he's mad at them. So it sounds like he's going against the whole movement of blackness that's happening right now in America. And guess yeah. what? You know why it's happening? Because we are God's chosen people. This is divine. God has given America a chance to do right by black people. Get out the way, Terry. But, but sometimes,
2: sometimes when people do things like that, do you, do you even pay him any attention? Like he he's he's, he's had history of, of going against... The grain and going against our, our own the people. The grain. <laughs> it is. He, he but you goes know against what? the grain. He goes against but, our own people but, all the time. And it, it's like, it's not surprising to me. Like when he went against Gabriel Union, like he does this. So it's not like, it's, it's kind of like, ah, right, whatever, Terry Crews. I don't But I, don't I can't appreciate
3: the people who are friends with him who actually called him out on it to try to explain it to him. Because if you are cool with somebody in real life and he posts something like that publicly, then you try to explain to your friend what the problem is with his statements. Mm -hmm. All right. Now, another person who has received backlash is Lil Wayne, and he was explaining his issues and his relationship with the police because he has made controversial comments in the past and not blaming all police for being bad. So here's what he had to say.
4: I think when we see these situations, I think we also have to understand that we have to we have to get very specific. We have to stop placing the blame on the whole the whole force and the whole everybody of such a certain a certain race uh everybody with a bad and that we have to actually get into who that person is and if we want to place the blame on anybody it, it should be ourselves but not doing more than what we think we're doing
3: all right so he had this experience uh personally with a police officer, and here's more of what Lil Wayne had to say to explain his take and what he was trying to say when he was saying that we want to place the blame on anybody. It should be ourselves for not doing more than what we think we're doing.
1: I, my life was saved when I was young. Shot myself.
4: I was saved by a white cop, Uncle Bob. So you have to understand from there, For you have to understand the way I view police, period. There was a bunch of black cops jumped over me when they saw me at that door laying on the floor with that hole in my chest. He refused to.
5: Uh, No, Wheezy, I highly disagree. You got to put it on the whole system. Why? Because one bad apple spoils a bunch, and one good apple doesn't make make a bunch of rotten apples better. Those police officers are a part of the system of white supremacy, and until that system is dismantled, nothing is going to change. And Lil Wayne is also a freestyler. And when he's talking, he starts off, and it sounds like it's about to be a good point, and then it just goes somewhere else. And that's you know really what? what I see when, when, when he goes these long rants.
2: When he said we need to blame ourselves, that's that's when I was uh, that's it didn't make any sense to me. Blame ourselves for what for being abused. But I will say what what he did say was, and probably what he meant was, all officers aren't bad. And I've been hearing people say, well, you know they, they work for this 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 the, the police that they person. work. It's, yeah, exactly. But we encourage more and more African American and more and more brothers to be police officers to to help. And, right, is that what we do? Don't, don't we encourage people to become an officer and stay in our community and do the right thing for our community? Isn't that what I we're doing? I don't know if people feel people?
3: encouraged to be officers because people also look at you if you become a police officer. Like, you know, that's hard because we're taught not to trust the police officers and we do need to encourage more of our people to become great police officers. And but not- that's what
2: I thought we were trying yeah, to do, encourage our people to become great officers and come back to our community where we know people and, and know how to talk to our community and know how to be in our community. That's what I thought we were
5: encouraging. Yeah, but you know what? That's good, but you got to get in there and actually try to dismantle that white su- that system of white supremacy which a lot of them don't do because they go in and they automatically adopt that that blue wall of silence. You know what I'm saying? When things happen like, you know, Big George Floyd, if you think that's wrong as a police officer, you should be able to speak out on that without fear of any repercussions from the unit that you're a part of. You know right. what I mean? And Absolutely. Until they're until until they're not afraid to do that, to me they just all part of a bad system because like i said one bad apple spoils a bunch but i have never seen one good apple make a bunch of rotten apples better
3: all right now serena williams husband alexis ohanian and you also know him as the co-founder and executive chairman of reddit is stepping down from the board he wants to make the world better for his daughter olympia here's what he had to say and who he wants to replace him
7: 15 years ago i co-founded reddit as a place for people to find community and a sense of belonging I'm doing this for me, for my family, and for my country. I'm saying this as a father who needs to be able to answer his black daughter when she asks, what did you do? So, I have resigned as a member of the Reddit board. I have urged them to fill my seat with a black candidate. And I will use future gains on my Reddit stock to serve the black community, chiefly to curb racial hate. And I'm starting with a pledge of $1 million to Colin Kaepernick's Know Your Rights Camp.
5: That's very honorable. Mm-hmm.
3: Right. His donation, his stepping down, his making sure that a person, a black person is going to come in and be on that board in his place. All of these things are important uh, steps. And other companies should be making sure that their diversity is uh, front yep. and center.
4: Yep. That's, Absolutely. that's
2: what
3: we're
5: gonna All talk right. about
3: in Donkey today. I'm Angela Yee, and that is your Rumor Report.
5: Well, who are you giving that donkey to? Uh, I need Roger Goodell to come to the front of the congregation because this is uh, an opportunity to teach about what's just what's going on out here in corporate America and what we expect from corporate America moving forward. All right, we'll get into that next. Keep it locked. This The Breakfast Club. Good morning. It's, bro- it's time
0: for Donkey of the Day.
5: Donkey of
1: the Day. I'm a
5: Democrat, so being Donkey of the Day is a little bit of a mixed place. So like a donkey, Donkey of the Day.
10: The Breakfast Club, bitches. Now, I've been called a lot in my 23 years but Donkey of the Day is a new one.
5: Donkey of the Day for Monday, June 8th goes to NFL Commissioner Roger Goodell. Now, if you look around the world, you have a bunch of white people who are going out of their way to prove that they love black people and not just black culture. Right? Everybody wants to have conversations about ridding the world of systemic racism. Everyone wants to discuss creating a new system because we all know the system of white supremacy does not work for everybody. Look, I'm on record saying, um, you know, ain't no good gonna come to America until they do right by black people. Period. Pooh. God has given America the opportunity to right his wrongs. God has given America the opportunity to reverse his bad karma. So I'm not upset at the white folks and white companies I see tweeting and Posting memes, doing videos like Roger Goodell did, because Roger Goodell has the right idea. Because one of the first ways to reverse bad karma is to write a letter or call those who you have wronged in the past. So that's a good first step for Roger. Okay, I'm gonna let you hear what Roger had to say, and then I'm gonna use Roger Goodell as a moment to teach because these white folks at these corporations need teaching. Let's hear it. We,
6: the National Football League, condemn racism and the systematic oppression of black people. We, the National Football League, admit we were wrong for not listening to NFL players earlier and encourage all to speak out and peacefully protest. We, the National Football League, believe Black Lives Matter. I personally protest with you and want to be part of the much needed change in this country. Without Black players, there would be no National Football League. And the protests around the country are emblematic of the centuries of silence, inequality, and oppression of black players, coaches, fans, and staff. We are listening. I am listening. And I will be reaching out to players who have raised their voices and others on how we can improve and go forward for a better and more united NFL family.
5: Well, the first player he has to reach out to is Colin Kaepernick. If he doesn't do that, it's a half-assed apology. Uh, You have to personally apologize to Colin Kaepernick. You also have to admit that he was blackballed and... If it wasn't a strategic, intentional black ball, when they noticed no owners were attempting to sign him, uh, nobody at the top intervened to say that's wrong. Make sure he plays, okay? Uh, I got a question for the NFL. How many black people on the board of directors at the NFL? There's only one black GM in the NFL. The NFL got three black coaches, zero black owners, but players make up over 70% of the league. 70% of the league, but 0% of the ownership. If you want to dismantle white supremacy, you want to change systemic racism, how about dismantle that good old boy mentality in the NFL, Roger Goodell? Not to mention, I don't like people getting no light bulb moments in the NFL because Colin Kaepernick rarely talks. But he talked at the beginning of this peaceful protest a few years ago, and he told you exactly why he was protesting. So no way Roger Goodell or anyone else in the NFL could have missed that. Let's hear what Colin had to say for the millionth time, because I finally think y'all are listening.
10: I mean, ultimately, it's to bring awareness and make people you know, realize what's really going on in this country. There are a lot of things that are going on that are unjust, people aren't being held accountable for, and that's something that needs to change. That's something that No, this country stands for freedom, liberty, justice for all, and it's not happening for all right now. When there's significant change, and I feel like that flag represents what it's supposed to represent, and this country is representing people the way that it's supposed to, I'll stand. There's a lot of things that need to change. One specifically is police brutality. There's people being murdered unjustly. And not being held accountable. You know, I have great respect for men and women that have fought for this country. I have family. I have friends that have gone and fought for this country. And they fight for freedom. They fight for the people. They fight for liberty and justice for everyone. And that's not happening.
5: Simple. Simple. And for the record, if you wonder why black people have a problem with patriotism, it's because we know the creeds in America don't fully relate to us. Freedom, justice, equality, that's not fully for black people. Liberty and justice for all? Nope, it's liberty and justice for white folks. We know that. So how can you expect us to feel patriotic when this country has shown us time and time again that the rules for white America don't apply to black America? But I'm not here to talk about that right now. I want to talk about the NFL and all other corporations in this country. If you are a corporation screaming black lives matter, screaming that you want to dismantle white supremacy, that you want to abolish systemic racism, well, then pop the hood. Let's see what's in this engine, because if there is no black parts underneath that engine making that cargo, then you are a liar. If, if if you love if your love for blackness isn't reflected in your place of business, then all these corporations are full of it. Okay, your corporation is full of it if if your love of so-called blackness isn't reflected in your place of business, all right? Don't scream Black Lives Matter if you don't have a lot of black hires, okay? Using the hashtag Black Lives Matter is great, but what type of black economic opportunities are you providing for black people? We don't need I love black people tweets and memes and videos. Those are great. They make us feel good. But what about things that make us actually good, okay? I love seeing uh, massive donations. I want to see more massive donations from these corporations with no strings attached. All right? I'm about all that from these corporations. But if you have a corporation and you know damn well your business doesn't reflect the Black Lives Matter stuff you're preaching, then shut the F up forever. Okay? Don't let Black Lives Matter turn to Black Lives Marketing for some of these corporations, because that's all it is. This is marketing and promo for so many of these companies. But we're not going to let y'all tweet and just walk away. We got questions. How many black people work at your place of business? How many black people have senior roles in your company? How many black people on your board? What does your black representation look like? I personally feel like if black people make up 13% of the population, we should have 13% representation in all industries via equity, ownership, Involvement. Do you have black people at your company who are outperforming the white people, but the white people still make more money than the black people? Why is that? Until that changes in these corporations, then guess what? Corporations, you are still practicing systemic racism. Period. Poo. Please give these corporations uh, and Roger Goodell the biggest hee haw. Uh Uh You can't even use the term unconscious bias no more. You can't use that term anymore because you are awake. You are conscious. You are very aware of what's happening out here in these streets. And you want to change things? Simply look at your highest. Simple as that. White America. Mm-hmm. All right. <clears throat> well, thank you for that donkey today. Oh, yes, ma'am. Thank you, brother. <laughs> yes, ma'am. Thank you, brother. What What is that?
2: <laughs> what is that? trying to confuse you that's all <laughs> you're doing a good job all right when we come back we have uh three brothers that are uh, calling in they're from the uh black man survival guide uh we have phil agnew steve pargett yep. and teff all right we'll talk to them when we come back so don't move it's the breakfast club good morning the breakfast club dj envy angela Yee, Charlemagne the guy. we are the breakfast club on the phone lines right now, we got some brothers from the Black Men Survival Guide. Right, we have Phil Agnew, Steve Pargett, and Teff.
5: God damn it, we need that right now.
2: Wh-
9: yeah. Tell us what that is. The initiative is called Black Men Build. Okay. And Black Men Build is a place for Black men to engage in the world as an organized force this year and moving forward. And so under the realization that Black men face, we say, a million ways to die in this country, from natural disease to unnatural disease, right? Um, the survival guide is what we're going to be hitting the streets with um, beginning next week and moving on, and we're officially launching on Monday.
3: So can you tell us how the survival guide was was put together? I, I'm interested to hear just the whole process of it.
10: Over the past couple of months, uh, there's been uh, over a dozen Black men. You know, Black Men Build represents a wide group of us uh, that are community organizers, artists, creatives and people that are coming together to grapple with issues that are challenging black men today um and you know we started this project in the midst of covid uh so we began uh by putting together a guide uh for community safety while we're facing a global health pandemic um well at the same time we know that we're dealing with a number of different issues including uh police violence so uh the black men survival guide is uh know a lot of painstaking work by brothers that are coming together to put together something uh that could be really useful in this time um when we're not only facing a pandemic of uh you know health uh and economic but also police violence uh so you know what you're gonna see when we put out this survival guide uh is a guide that uh talks about how we can be safe during covid but it also talks about uh our mental and spiritual wellness um and community defense and safety because. In times like right now, all that we have is us and uh, our communities and we're trying to get on one accord right now.
5: What do you think the building blocks uh, are for the perfect plan to achieve unity and equality and prosperity for, for, for Black people in America?
11: Uh, I think in our case, what we're trying to achieve is just a, a little bit of alignment. Um, I think a lot of times why a lot of projects like this fail is because people let, the brothers that put it together, that, that the people, Martin Luther King them or Malcolm X them, and uh, you start to try to play a performative role, a theatrical role that, that doesn't service the people nor yourself. So I think with us, what we're trying to do, we're not trying to come at it and say that we did all the alchemy and the political science worthy of solving the equation. Mm-hmm. We're just saying that we're some black men who came together that are at least trying and we're inviting other black men across the, the plethora of identities from the Moors to the Hebrews, from the flat earthers to the the the, the universe doesn't exist. <laughs> where, the, where it's hard to f- with the flat earthers. <laughs> <laughs> i with you on that. With you on we that. need right. all of us, yeah. though. We understand, man, that there's like so many different universes which in brothers coexist. And all, all too often when we try to come together, uh, our identity filibuses the plan. So we're just saying, hey, we want some alignment.
3: Now, it's not, it shouldn't just be about survival, though, right? It's a shame that we have to think about just surviving because it should be about thriving also. Mm-hmm. And I, I think it sucks that you have to teach kids now how to go out and even just be able to come back home. Mm-hmm. You know, that's the day and age that we live in. And some people don't understand that. I was telling the story about um, a comedian, a stand-up comic, who was talking about Dave Chappelle and how Dave Chappelle had to explain to a white woman in the audience Uh, about police brutality because some people just don't understand it. You know, we interviewed Rush Limbaugh the other day and he doesn't think that white supremacism exists. So what do you say about not just surviving, but also thriving? Do you think that we first have to start with just even being able to make it home?
9: You know, I, I mean, first and foremost, I don't think anything that Rush Limbaugh says occupies any space in our mind, right? Because Rush Limbaugh has a particular purpose in the world. He occupies a space in the world that is about Um, convincing the world that we gaslighting all of us, right? That what we experience historically, what we experience every day when we leave the house is not real. So it is said, Angela, that we got to start with survival. But we are of the belief that when we start with an alignment, right, with an understanding of the current context and conditions that we're all living under, right, that no matter what you believe in the world, whether it's flat earth, whether you believe that That we are the original man, which we are, but whatever your belief is, we all live in the country that says no matter what you believe in your head, what I see in my eyes on your skin is deadly. And so we wanted to start at a place where we say, yeah, it is survival, but we are getting on the same page so we can engage in the world as an organized force. And right now, the Rush Limbaugh's, the white supremacists of the world, they benefit from us being scattered on the sidelines watching while the world is moving, right? We're being used as pawns. Black men are being used as pawns, right, against ourselves, against our our lovers, against our wives, against our communities. And so this is an insertion in the world that says, look, let's get on the same page about where we stand, right, about where we are. And then let's plot on how we move forward from here. How do we get on that same page? Well, real quick, the first thing we're sending out on, we've been sending it out for the whole week is our value statement, right? We believe that a core of any organization, whether it be N O I, whether it be a street organization, whether it be a church, is we start to agree on what our values are, right? And so we've been sending around that link, and right now we got over a thousand people, black men, who have signed on to the values. And once you build that core of values, then you can move forward because at least there's a trust built that says at least I know. That this brother next to me is, is sees the world and values the world in the way that I do, and so we've been sending that out, and we want and encourage brothers to go to that link to be able to uh, sign on to the value statement. That's a first step.
5: Mm-hmm. It's interesting what you say because, um, like Donald Trump, is trying to make a play for black men. Like mm-hmm. you know, he you know he knows he doesn't have a shot with the, with the queens, but he's trying to make a play for black men in November. Why? Mm-hmm. Why do you think that? Why? He, why do you think he's talking to black men specifically? Uh,
9: Donald Trump has been had a plan for black men for 20, 30 years. He's ingratiated himself into hip hop culture. He puts forward a, ma- a level of masculinity and gangsterism that uh, a lot of black men who grow up in America they love that. They love the fact that he he runs and he moves the way that he does. And not least of which, the Democratic Party has never offered a viable option for black, for the black community. And so for me, what Donald Trump represents is somebody who has done a focus group on black men. For 20, 30 years through TV, through music, through uh, his public persona. And he believes that black men aren't critical thinkers enough. That's what it is. It's not that he respects black men. He believes that black men are foolhardy enough to believe that his personal persona is actually going to get them to vote against their self-interest, vote against black women, vote against the black community, vote against their kids. And so I think that's the central thing. It's based on the fundamental belief that black men are fools and that all we care about is all we care about is money right and that's and those are the things all we care about is braggadocio and that's what he tries to represent and so it's important for us to make sure that we are not used as pawns against ourselves and against our people like we have been and not all of us is bad that's you know we we wouldn't be doing this if we thought that Uh, but the fact is we have to engage in the world as an organized force we've got to unite in a way that we have not in a generation
2: all right, we got more with Phil Agnew, Steve Pargett, and Teff when we come back. So don't move. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. Go. Morning, everybody. It's DJ NV, Angela Yee, Charlamagne the God. We are The Breakfast Club. Now, we got some brothers from the Black Men Survival Guide joining us this morning. Phil Agnew, Steve Pargett, and Teff Yee.
3: What kind of conversations are you guys having behind the scenes when it comes to voting in the upcoming election?
9: Uh, we got to do what we got to do. I'm, I'm going to steal something from my sister, Derek Purnell, who's an incredible writer, a lawyer, comes out of Ferguson. This is the last dance. We got to do what we got to do this year. Our strategy as Black people for the next generation cannot afford to have four more years of Donald Trump running amok in our country, right? On the other side, you have somebody who doesn't offer that much greater, but it's a different terrain. And we cannot continue to not think critically and say that these two people are the same. And you all, I think, to a degree, at least Charlemagne, you know where I stand on on the Democrats as well, right? But we also cannot fool ourselves, Angela, into believing that these two people present the same terrain for us to operate on. And the candidate over on the other side, who I'm not going to say neither one of their names, but the candidate on the other side of uh, of the Republican candidate, provides a different terrain for us to operate and for us to organize on and it's the last dance it's the last time that we're going to engage in an election nationally locally statewide if we're organized that we're going to have to choose between that and that
5: yeah i think i think that we can't afford four more years of white supremacy and i think that (laughs) one of the candidates one of the candidates if pushed (laughs) and, 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 and if black people make demands would be willing to go in there and dismantle the mechanism
10: of white supremacy I think that voting is just one part of the, these are the conversations that we're having. The voting is just one part of the political process. We, we know that it's not everything, but it's also not nothing. It's something that we have to use to prevent the worst of what's been seen by our people. And I think that what we see in the streets all around the country with protests happening in 50 states and uh, 18 countries around the world right now is a representation of another piece of the fight that we have to do. You know, With all these people in the streets are creating a moment that... Um, not only with people that are uh, risking their, and putting their bodies on the line um, and calling for police to be defunded and um, stopping jails from being built and being expanded right now. That it's creating a moment that you know organizers, regular people are, are um, being able to represent black people's identities and beliefs and demands in boardrooms, in the entertainment industry, um, in the creative world. Um, in um, athletics and all these different organizations are being forced uh, to make statements that support black people. And I think that this is just a really impressive and important, I'm so inspired by this moment that's happening because black people um, are fighting in a lot of different ways right now. And we know that voting is one of those ways that we're going to fight.
11: I feel like that's just what this moment represents, especially us coming together from different factions and different uh, walks of life. We're coming to a point where we're saying, look, man, like we understand that it takes some sophistication in order to move forward. And all too often when people do talk about voting, the conversation isn't sophisticated. So you have to think about voting as if it's just one peg of the wheel of what we need to do. But just because you vote doesn't mean that you're ultimately politicized. It just means that you went to vote. There's an entire process that you need to carry out after that in terms of even like managing your political identity and your thoughts about how you can move through the United States of America. Absolutely. And a lot of people uh, like to say that they stay out of politics, especially like in the music industry and, and you know, entertainment at large. And um, where I differ from my brother Steve when he said about the statements um, is that I enjoy seeing the statements. But we've been getting a lot of statements from a lot of these people for years, man. decades, and, and nothing has happened. So for me, it's really about the action. It's really about I see black millionaires on television uh, using the language of the movement. We'll tap in with the movement for real then. You know what I'm saying? Last night, my little cousin was shot in St. Louis. Uh, An athlete by the name of Darius Houston was shot at a funeral in front of his mama. So when y'all talking, like, so we really from the soil. You know what I'm saying? Like, that pain is real. I had to wake up and get on camera to talk to y'all, knowing that I really couldn't even pull myself together at this point. So for me, voting, whatever, man, you know, we're going to do what we got to do. It's a tool that we're going to use. To, to march up the field. But once we get to a certain point in the field, we're going to pull out other tools. We got a lot of different things in the bag, and this is just the moment where we're at right now.
9: We just want to engage in the process of, as an organized force, and then we can engage with some negotiations with them, right? And I do agree with, with, with Charlemagne and what, what my brother Teff said. I think we do have a particular opportunity. If Joe Biden is smart, he knows that he is one of the weakest Democratic candidates in recent memory, and he knows that he cannot continue to move in a way that continues to ostracize Black people and Black men, right? Absolutely not Black women. They already showed them that. And so we got to organize, and we got to be there as an organized force.
5: Wow. I like that. It's my type of conversation. Thank you and for me. joining us this morning. And yeah. now, where,
3: where can people find all this information online so they know how they can uh, get in touch with you guys?
10: So go to www.blackman.build. You can grab the survival guide on Monday, but today, sign the pledge. Or you can go to Twitter or Instagram at blackmanbuild.com. And you'll find the website in the profile. alright Well, thank you, brothers, for joining so us. Thank you. Thank you very, very much. Appreciate y'all and, for having us. Thank you. And thank
3: you, Tef. I know it was a tough day for you to get up this morning, so we do appreciate you for that.
10: Absolutely. Bless man, you I to your family, Tef.
0: Appreciate I you, feel man. Like thank you Thank you very love much, love y'all. y'all. Love y'all. Breakfast Club. good morning.
1: The Breakfast Club. It's about time. What's going on? Yeah. Rumor report. Rumor
0: report. This the Rumor Report with Angela Yee on The Breakfast Club. Yes,
3: yeah, so YouTube, they had a virtual commencement ceremony and Beyonce spoke, the Obamas spoke. It actually was supposed to be on June 6th, but they moved that date in honor of George Floyd's memorial service and then they moved it to June 7th. So that happened, Their class of 2020. And here is what Beyonce had to say about the music industry
8: and all of the biases there. The entertainment business is still very sexist. And as a woman, I did not see enough female role models, given the opportunity to do what I knew I had to do, to run my label and management company, to direct my films and produce my tours. That meant ownership. Not enough black women had a seat at the table. So I had to go and chop down that wood and build my own table. Then I had to invite the best there was to have a seat. That meant hiring women, men, outsiders, underdogs, People that were overlooked and waiting to be seen. In addition, yes, she also talked about the LGBTQ community. To all those who feel different, if you're a part of a group that's called other, a group that does not get the chance to be center stage, build your own stage and make them see you. Your queerness is beautiful. Your blackness is beautiful. Your compassion, your understanding, your fight for people who may be different from you is beautiful. I hope you continue to go into the world and show them that you will never stop being yourself. That it's your time now. Make them see you.
5: I am a Pinkett Smith Winfrey Nose Carter. Just thought I would say that.
3: Okay. And congratulations to Raymond Santana and Delicious. They actually got married over the weekend. You know Raymond Santana hey. Jr., Jr. As one of the Central Park Five men who was exonerated and the two of them have been dating for a while now and it looks like they've finally got married. They said that he had to put down a whole bunch of money because they had to shut down the whole place in Georgia and, you know, they were engaged for six months and they had to make sure that no one else could come in there, whatever, whatever. But, you know, happy for them that they made it happen. Congrats to
5: them. man. Congrats to having a delicious man. Salute to y'all. Wow. I didn't know they were getting Mm -hmm. married. Dope.
3: Yes. Uh, Law and Order SVU. They said the upcoming episodes will cover coronavirus and George Floyd's murder. Now, they said there are ways we will find our way and to tell the story. Presumably, our cops will still be trying to do the right thing, but it's going to be harder for them. And they're going to understand why it's hard for them. They said that how coronavirus impacted New York City would be a topic of conversation in the upcoming season. And they said we can't make every episode about a bad cop. Olivia makes mistakes, but she's empathetic, which is what I think separates the cops in our television show from a lot of what we're seeing these days on our live streams. They've also brought on new writers to bring in new voices, fresh voices, different voices as well.
5: Yeah, I did read uh, that, what, film production is going to start, TV and film production will start back in California on June 12th, I think I read.
3: Yeah, so. So they opening the studio, they things. opening
5: things up immediately. People I need that. I just, I, just, I just read that. I mean, I know you can still shoot in Atlanta and other places. Tyler Perry mm-hmm. Studios open. So who, I, don't, I mean, I don't know where they're shooting at, but who knows.
3: All right. Now, Carl Crawford has been ordered to stay away from his ex-girlfriend and also stay away from drinking. A Texas judge has ordered that after a woman who said he choked her and pointed his gun at her. Uh, That has happened allegedly. And Mm -hmm. so now he has an order to submit to drug tests. He has to stay in the Houston area. He can't access weapons and he can't be anywhere around his alleged victim. So they're saying uh, there's probable cause that suggests that alcohol was a factor in this offense, and cops are saying, after they arrested him, that uh, she's accusing him of assaulting her back in May. So they had been in a a two-and-a-half-year relationship that recently ended. He told her he wanted to talk and come to her house, and she said once he arrived, he brandished his gun and began walking toward her menacingly. All right, and I don't know if you guys had a chance to watch this. There was a lot of great things on television last night, and one of them was on ESPN, Be Like Water. Did y'all watch the ESPN 30 for 30 about Bruce Lee?
5: I didn't see it. No, they had a 30 for 30 by Bruce Lee. Yes. Yeah, it was on last night. Wow, I didn't see no promo for that. i be watching, I watch ESPN every day. I don't remember seeing no, it was actually, very like the screener
3: for it like last month, too.
5: Wow, I gotta check that up.
3: Yeah, so it was pretty amazing. And RZA actually did a song for it, a new song, and a visual for that as well. So make sure you guys no, check that out. And speaking of, and speaking of new yeah, songs, Takashi 6 9 has linked up with Akon for a Locked Up Part 2. You guys remember that Akon had said that he planned to work with Takashi once he came home? Well, he definitely has. And now there's pictures of the two of them in the studio together. And so it's going to be revised. You can hear a little bit of that right here. Listen to this.
2: A lot of people mad at Akon for that one. In particular, part on Tory
3: every. Lanes. he said, so what y'all are telling me is Akon <laughs> gave the locked-up remix sample to someone else and not me? I'm going back to bed, man.
2: Yeah, he tried to clear the record for his mixtape, and, and it seemed like it didn't happen.
3: And then you saw it Spectacular really said, you should have just stole it, like grind on me and your body. Why stop now?
2: <laughs> well, he <laughs> couldn't have stole it. It, it was released. If it was released, he couldn't have stole it. They had to get the clearances and everything if they released it on streaming services or not. So it, it couldn't have been stolen.
3: Tory Lanez responded to Spectacular and said, stole, stole what? Actually, I bought the rights from whoever signed you and publishes your music, but I guess you weren't a part of that conversation. Go stare in someone's eyes and rub on someone's thighs and leave me out of this one. <laughs> Good night. And Spectacular responded, what? ever since you got that new hairline, you've been acting different. <laughs> Last time I checked, I own my own masters. What type of bootleg business you running? You acting like Virgil, not keeping it to Virgil's.
5: You know, what really bothers me about that um, whole Akon situation is the fact that they were sitting so close to each other with no mask on. What happened to social distancing? Why aren't I'm, people caring about corona? I don't corona? know if you realize it. Nobody's really
2: talking about corona. I don't even think a lot of people care anymore. Like, I mean, they've I been partying. Yeah, I, I don't know. What, I honestly don't know. The clubs have there been open feasts? in certain
5: areas. The restaurants have yeah. been open. People have been together. It's like I, I, stage I four. <laughs> Are we checking for fevers? Nobody cares anymore about transmissions. Is Corona still airborne? Does it still live on surfaces? What the hell happened to Corona that you can just be sitting in the studio with somebody with no mask on, staring into each other's eyes and
2: rubbing each other's thighs? That's the only part you heard. You just wanted to say that part again. That's all you wanted to do is say that part again.
3: They did not rub each other's thighs.
2: That's what Charlemagne wants.
3: All right, well, I'm Angela Yee, and that is your rumor report.
5: Coronavirus might be the only
3: thing that really got
5: canceled (laughs) this year. It is people refuse to accept coronavirus. They are fed up with
2: it. It's over. Well, happy birthday to Kanye West. Today is Kanye West's birthday. So we're gonna get on a Kanye. We're gonna start the mix off with a little yay, all right? <laughs> so let me
5: know what you. Oh, I thought hear. you were
3: screaming out yay. I was like, you're really excited for his birthday.
5: <laughs> no, I meant yay, like yay, <laughs> Kanye. <laughs> Kanye. Yay, <I> yay, <laughs> it's
3: <laughs> Kanye. you been with
5: your kids birthday. too much, bro. you been with your kids too much.
6: <laughs> yay.
5: No, listen. No, I'm gonna tell you. I'm gonna tell you what gets me going. Goddamn, Bluey. When Bluey comes on, and they start screaming, mom, dad, bingo. <laughs> You've been home. Too Bluey! Long, You've been
3: home. Yeah, too I long, know he was shouting man. out Blue
5: Listen, Ivy just you, now. <laughs> go outside. Man. You would think, you, you would think back that ass up a nuck if you buck came on when goddamn <laughs> Bluey dropped for them kids. That Bluey intro, get them kids going. You hear me? Absolutely. Oh my yay. goodness. All
2: right. Shout to Revolt. We'll see you tomorrow. Everybody else, the People's Choice mixes up next. Let's start off with some yay. It's the Breakfast Slow. Good morning. Morning, everybody. It's DJ Envy Angela Yee, Charlemagne the God. We are the Breakfast Club. Now, we got a shout-out to Phil Agnew, Steve Pargett, and Teff for calling in this morning. The Black Man Survival Guide. Shout-out to those brothers for
5: checking in.
6: Mm-hmm.
5: For zooming in. And listen, I want to say, too, man, Kentucky, what the hell is wrong with y'all sending Rand Paul? Like, like, Congress is trying to make lynching a federal crime and Rand Paul is holding it up? Like, the bill is called the Emmett Till Anti-Lynching Act with Senator Rand Paul... And his objections have kept it from becoming law. Like, why is Rand Paul on the wrong side of history when it comes to lynching in 2020? Was that a pastime for his family or something? Did his grandparents tell him stories about how lit lynchings used to be? So in memory of your yes, grandparents, I saw you Senator Kamala Harris
3: and Cory Booker going in about that. That's ridiculous. Let's get this going. That shouldn't even so be a discussion. I can't believe this isn't even. Yeah, I can't <laughs> like, believe this is even something we have to discuss right now.
5: I, I, I don't know. People, people are showing their true colors all across the board, man. So, uh, Senator Rand Paul, we need you to shut the f up forever, okay? Get all your right, ass down somewhere.
2: When we come back, we'll um, do the positive note. So, don't move. It's the Breakfast Club. Good morning. Body is DJ NV Angela Yee Charlamagne. The guy. We are the Breakfast Club. Now, um, Charlamagne, you got a positive note?
3: Oh wait, before we do that, I just want to give one quick shout out to Michaela Cole. She has a new show on HBO that premiered last night. It's called I May Destroy You. It came on right after Insecure. You know, next week is the last episode of Insecure for the season, which was very disappointing to me. But fortunately, we do have I May Destroy You. That'll be coming on Sunday nights as well. It's amazing. It's based on her own story. If you saw Chewing Gum, then you know who Michaela Cole is. She's a great creator. So let's make sure we support her on that. The show is amazing. So if you haven't seen it, make sure you check it out. So I just wanted to make sure we shout that out. Yeah, the first episode came on last night.
5: Okay. Hey, you don't listen, seen
2: she said it came on last night like twice.
3: Right after Insecure. And you know what? I'm still mad at Yvonne Orji's character, Molly, on Insecure. She was even extra whacker last night in how she behaved. It was disgusting.
5: I didn't watch no, Insecure real, last right night. He, you know it's not real. So I'm going to catch you today,
3: though. I and I want to say happy
5: born day to, happy born day to my uh, my family, Ashley, James, man, representing that 843 always, okay, even though she don't live in the 843 no more. But happy born day to holiday. Ashley James. Now, the positive note is this: um, Destiny is not for comfort seekers. Destiny is for the daring and determined who are willing to endure some discomfort, delay gratification, and go where destiny leads. That's a quote from the great Bishop T.D. Jakes.
11: Breakfast Club, bitches. Y'all finished or y'all done?